because if I can start a business, anyone can. And I genuinely believe that. And the moat is getting smaller to start a business. I think people think it's this big daunting thing, but it's like, hey, I still don't know the first thing about clothing. I couldn't tell you uh, basically anything. Hey, welcome back to the show. And today I'm so stoked because we've got a founder on who I am wearing his his clothing line and you're gonna love hearing this story ben tell us who you are and what do you do my name's ben perkins i wish i did something more glamorous than this but i <laughs> i'm a stretchy dress shirt salesman i well, love I the started, stretchy shirts <laughs> well thank you i started and collar it's a performance dress shirt brand so what we say is it's a dress shirt for guys who hate dress shirts made by a guy who hates dress shirts <laughs> love it. Uh, so that's, that's as simple as that. We make stretchy, machine washable, wrinkle resistant, you know, for, forget all the technical, you know, the technical features. We make stress-free dress shirts. I love it. I love it. Now, now, why is this important today? What, who, who doesn't like to wear dress shirts? I mean, come on. That, that, I mean, that's what I think. So for us, we say the everyday guy doesn't yeah. want to wear a dress shirt. I mean, COVID showed that when everyone was stuck at home, the first thing they stopped wearing, dress oh, shirts. Man. Dress <laughs> shirts and pants, right? Yeah, yeah ser seriously. It's, I'm sure you probably even did this podcast without pants. So it's like- I did, I hey, have what? done that before, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and that, that's what we were trying to accomplish, saying, hey, you still have to wear a dress shirt occasionally, you know, life's biggest moments, weddings, job interviews. Right, right, right. Funerals. If we're going this this literal uh, rite of passage, and it's like, let's make a dress shirt that you don't hate during right. that, or you hate a little bit less. Right. And for those listening, if you have not heard of And Collar, go to And A N D Collar dot com and check it out because, like, literally the marketing, the brand, everything about it screams you got to try this stuff. And once you do. I, I'm telling you, once I got my first shirt, but the first time I heard about it, to be honest, was from one of my sons. Um, served a mission for two years, was out of the country. I said, Dad, I need some new white shirts. And I'm like, all right. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm just going to rip up the, the Van Heusens out of Costco and send them over. And, and he's like, no, no, no. I don't want another Van Heusen shirt. I need an and collar shirt. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? He's getting picky now with his white shirts. So I send him. So and collar shirts and I bought one for me and I was like, okay, I now see why he loves this shirt. Comfy air, like what you obviously um, work around a lot of people that wear fancy shirts sometimes. What was the inspiration here? I mean, you also worked on that athletic program, like you were involved in university stuff. Can you play basketball? Have you ever played basketball yeah. in one of your shirts? Yeah, yeah I have. Uh, so answering in reverse order. Yeah. I'm not surrounded by anyone who wears dress shirts anymore. It's funny. We we've got a team of 20 now at Ant Collar. Yeah. And they all joined the company so they didn't have to wear dress shirts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is this funny thing. Um, in terms of inspiration, yeah. Quickly, I grew up in Southeast Asia, uh, specifically nice. in Hong Kong. And so as a 13-year-old, you know, I loved sports. Right. You were talking about basketball, soccer, and athletic fabrics. I was the advent of, like, synthetic fabrics. Wow. So you're ditching the cotton. So let's, we're talking Under Armour with their turtleneck, the classic turtleneck right. on this tall 6'4 American kid walking around the streets of Hong Kong. 
wearing a uh, Under Armour base layer. I don't know what my parents were thinking. Like, <laughs> out there. And I was like, this fabric is awesome. Uh, and that's like in stark contrast to, you know, as a 13 year old, my biggest pain point is, I guess, a dress shirt, you know, school right. uniform, having to wear it to formal functions. I was like, what if I could combine my Under Armour with a dress shirt was, was the idea. It. And so that's 2008. I designed a logo on my family's singular desktop computer on Microsoft Paint. It was called Wikisweat. Horrible it. logo. Um, but my parents' allowance didn't cover minimum order quantities of 5,000, you know, stretchy dress shirts. Crap. Lo and behold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I kicked the can down the road on these stretchy, basically back then when I was saying soccer jersey dress shirts. Right, right, right. And then I was in the Philippines every day for two years in the heat and humidity again, wearing white dress shirts. Yes. And I came home and I'm in college. I'm like, hey, dress shirts still suck. I, I hate them and I can't be the only one who hates them. Right. And, and can I get some school credit while I start this business? And the, the big idea was I, my life savings were 20000 at the point. Right. At that point. And I said, I'm going to set this aside as my mini MBA. I'm going to pretend I never had that 20000 and will be educating so I can learn how to manufacture, sell, market. Love it. And here we are, I guess that was 2017. We're 2023. Uh, yeah, six years almost to the day uh, since officially launching then Blue and White Collar, now and Collar. Fantastic. I love it. No, what a fun story. I mean, um, what island were you on in the Philippines? Sorry. Oh, in, in Luzon. So right outside of Metro Manila. Gotcha. Gotcha. Ugh. Hot, stinky. Yeah, that's a rough place. Yeah. to. Oh. Yeah. It, it was awesome. I would live there again, but it would be have been much better if I had these dress shirts. <laughs> no doubt about it. Amen. Now, listen, this is a real deal. Um, we all have to wear dress shirts sometimes, and, and it sucks when it's so stiff. And, you know, I used to starch my collars to keep them from getting yeah. dirty and stuff like that. And your collars, your material, uh, you know, you, you joke a lot. I don't know if this was a byproduct of the materials you used or it was intentional, but water repels off of it. I mean, I got a bloody nose the other day, dripped on my shirt, dripped right off. <laughs> Amazing. We've heard, we've heard cool stories about that. So when we first launched, there wasn't the stain repellent factor or the fact that the shirts were made out of, you know, recycled plastic, recycled polyester. That's cool. Um, it was just all the rest of the features. But then it's like, you know, the worst thing about a white dress shirt, and somehow it only happens in your white dress shirt, is when like that <laughs> tiny little bit of spaghetti, like gets spaghetti right. sauce gets right, right. there. And you, you lick your finger and it doesn't come off. And it's like, let's stop that. Our ads showcase, you know, your your crazy uncle dropping a whole thing of Kool-Aid on you. It's like, that's right. not gonna happen. Right. It's, it's, it's the, yeah, it's the nose drip. And it's like, hey, let's save your day from the little things or your kid's Cheeto puff hands. So, you know, the little, the little classic Cheeto fingers. Totally, so, totally. We've tried to make a high-tech dress shirt for the average guy who really just doesn't want to wear a dress shirt in the first place. So we say it's function, not fashion. Although I have I to say, Tom, you look awesome in it and you, you look really good in it. Hey, you know, thank you very much. I, I love, my wife loves the way they fit. And so she... Literally last year for Christmas, um, I ordered me two or three uh, for Christmas for myself. There was four more under the tree. And I was like, honey, <laughs> it was awesome. So, well, so thank, thank you. you again for developing a cool brand. I do like to wear dress shoes, shirts a little bit, 
but this makes it even better. And it, I have played golf in these shirts. Like literally they are functional. Very, very cool. So, so tell us now about the business because we've talked about who you're trying to serve and, and who you're trying to help with this problem. And, and as an advocate of, yeah, go try them out, go buy a couple and just see what you think. But moving beyond that, let's talk about the actual growth of the business. I mean, you've been doing this since 2017, um, fresh out of college. Uh, you're at least familiar with Asia, where a lot of the manufacturing for these things happen. How did it all get put together? Like, what, what was the origin story of your first order of 5,000 units? Yeah, Thankfully, we found a, a place that accepted 1,000 units, which is nice. more like what I could afford. Right. Um, but yeah, it, long story short, and these are these are like my very tactical suggestions, if, because if I can start a business, anyone can. And I genuinely <laughs> believe that. And the moat is getting smaller to start a business. I think right. people think it's this big daunting thing, but it's like... Hey, I still don't know the first thing about clothing. I couldn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> I just want a dang stretchy shirt, man. Yeah, Come on. That's what it was. Basically a factory. So you, you hop on Alibaba.com, which connects you with, it's mostly Chinese source manufacturers. Right. And for us, what we did was we took, you know, my favorite basketball team, the Utah Jazz, took their jersey with a dress shirt that I thought looked good in terms of like shape. The fabric, right. of course, wasn't what I wanted. And I sent it to a factory and I said, Hey, I don't know how to explain this, but make this good looking shirt out of the fabric of this jersey. It just wow. came out. So Dr. Frankenstein did there was no technical me saying, hey, we need we need it to be this weight of fabric with this sort of drape. That's hilarious. Just, yeah, com combined to the two. That's hilarious. That's awesome. All right. So that's a great origin story. So you you buy your first thousand units and and you're selling them where? Yeah. So we launched August 1st, 2017, while I was in school in a marketing class. I remember everyone in my, in my class got angry. They're like, Hey, he's like cheating. <laughs> but, 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 because, you know, that's usually where you take like Nike and you do it. You spend right. five minutes with your group. And I'm like, no, I spent all my time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lots of we, we, so we launched on Kickstarter for, yeah. And, and just invited all your friends and family. That's kind of when you're, you know, totally panhandling. Yes. Well, please. And at the time, I think everyone felt bad for me. They're like, oh, this <laughs> he's got a thousand gonna... units to go through. <laughs> yeah, It's like, oh, he had like a decent future ahead of him. And uh, now he's trying to be a stretchy dress shirt salesman. <laughs> uh, I, I think they felt bad. And so, you know, friends and family paid for that first. Right. However many, six, 700 units. Not all on the Kickstarter, by the way. Let's right. say half of them on the Kickstarter. And then from there, I just had it stored in my college apartment. You said you went to BYU. So it was at Glenwood. Uh, right. Uh, gotcha. A, a pillar of the community. And so right. uh, me and my co-founders, like I had all the smalls and mediums. They had the large and Excel for example. That's hilarious. And whenever we'd occasionally get an order, with it's like, oh, I've got the medium. I'll go. Who, whoever's apartment it was in did the, did the fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be honest, so many orders back then were still coming from within Utah. That's where we're from. Right. That we, we would lots of times just hand deliver it. So let's say you said you're in Heber. That's what, 20, 25 minutes from. Right. Bro. It's like, oh, yeah, it makes sense for me to drive an hour. I'll just drive up uh, there and grab a shake while I'm up there, yeah. right? <laughs> I don't think we thought like that's a little like alarming and arresting. Where it's like, hey, <laughs> I know you don't know me, Todd, but here's your shirt you ordered. That uh, is so awesome. Thankfully, 
Yeah. So, so it was fun. And we didn't do it for like to, to provide like great customer experience. Right. We did it out of a naivete. It's like, oh, this is cheaper than me. You know, at the time, I think I got 15 miles a gallon. So it probably cost more <laughs> than dropping it off at the post office. But yeah, that's what we did. And for the first two years, it was all while I was still in school. Yeah. Just very organically, it would be, and we didn't spend any advertising dollars on Facebook or Instagram, right. which now is where we spend a huge part of our budget. But right. it was just, hey, Todd, hopefully we have a good enough product that, like your story, you'll tell your son totally or your, your cousin or brother so or my son will tell me and then i'll tell everybody else yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so that that's how we did it and then graduated spring 2019 and that's when we decided to do it full time i am so glad you're here and i just wanted to take a few seconds to tell you about a program that we have assembled with a lot of our podcast guests and a lot of people who are listening to the show who are feeling the same way that they do there's a recurring theme. You'll hear a lot of these founders talk about, I couldn't have done it without my team. I couldn't have done it without a, a support group of peers. I couldn't have done it without having someone to talk to that understood my feeling of isolation as an operator of my business. You see, you're not alone. It is hard running a business and it's even harder when you know you can't express all your deepest concerns and frustrations with your executive team. It makes them nervous. It gets them scared. You don't want scared people on your executive team. So where do you turn? The Captain's Council is where you turn. The Captain's Council it is an organization that we are put together with podcast guests, as well as people who are listening, who are in the same boat. You see, peers are the only ones that can give you the type of empathy, the type of advice, that only a founder or operator know and understand. Go check it out at captainscouncil.com. I know you're gonna love what you see there. We have put together an organizational structure that has small group settings, a global community of founders and operators, as well as monthly and quarterly in-person events. You're gonna love what you see there. I can't wait for you to check it out and enjoy the rest of this episode. Love it, love it. That's um. Actually, a very similar time frame, uh, 20 years earlier, I did the same thing. I actually had a, I started a business while I was at college and uh, a couple of buddies, but we had pagers. Okay. We had, we had pagers to start our first company <laughs> and, and we literally be sitting in class and get a page and it was like, boom, straight to the payphone, call them back. And it was like, yeah, oh, let's cool. do this thing. And, uh, but we grew an amazing business, um, bootstrapped it all the way through, uh, through college, and then when we graduated, I bought my partners out and went went and did it myself for a little oh, while. Awesome. Yeah, so I I can totally empathize with your story. I love that origin story, and and so as you grew from there, I mean, you graduate, you kind of sounds like you got married, things start happening. When did you start to take this thing really seriously? Yeah, so it was the summer of 2019. We officially started full time. So. Awesome. All, all throughout because, and, and you know, looking at it, it's, we ran a fundamentally sound business because we were forced to, where right. we couldn't place a new PO for new shirts until we sold enough of the existing one. And right. Then do it. Right. And, and so we we were doing that. And occasionally, whenever there'd be a student like pitch competition, which I think yeah. most states have, 
Yeah. You, you pick and it's, you get five grand here, 10 grand there for winning right. a thousand here. Uh, I'm a perennial loser, by the way. I usually took second. <laughs> <You never won. laughs> but, but it'd be local VCs and private equity judges and right. they judge your business against others. And so it was the entrepreneur organization. It was like the young, the EO, it was right. their pitch competition. Right. And we took second, but there were a couple Utah VCs really reputable in the consumer space. They yeah. said, Hey, you've got a little bit of traction. Like, are you trying to raise money? I'm like, no, I'm about to stop this in five months and go get a real job. <laughs> uh, I said, you, should, you should rethink that. So I went home to my dad and, uh, his favorite thing in life other than golf is Excel. <laughs> and Love he goes, it. he does a spreadsheet and he's like, you only have to sell X number. These guys are right. You only have to sell X number of units and this will be a great life. And so yeah, that was, that was December, 2018, right when I was getting married, and I'm, Love it. I'm telling this girl uh, that I'm going to move her somewhere really cool out of, out of state. And I moved her about five minutes from where she went to college. So I, love <laughs> it. I, I, I failed on that one, but I said, I think this shirt thing is going to be real. And, yeah. We both agreed. Let's give it a year. Let's see if we can make it a legitimate, viable business. And sure. Yeah, here we are. I love it. And now, years later, you did how much revenue last year and what are you projecting this year? Yeah, so we did 11 million last year in net revenue. And this year we should do 15, 16 million, which is really exciting. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Love the whole thing, man. Love the story. Love the growth. I mean, 50% growth or 45 or whatever that percent growth is going to be for this year. That is just freaking awesome. Way to go. Way, way to go. Well, thank you. We, we hold ourselves uh, to a high standard. I think too high sometimes where it's like, man, every other year we've been in the hundreds. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's That's good okay. to hear that. That's okay. Yeah. Hey. No, the, the, the exciting thing I think is uh, for the first time, it's like, oh, now we're seeing, you know, triple and four digit growth on the bottom line. Saying, right. I think we're maturing as a business. And, uh, and so that's that's the balancing act. And we're trying to find out uh, well, where the best spot is. And the other amazing thing about your story is now that you've kind of gotten to this stage of growth and your cash flow positive and everything's kind of working, you know, how much money did you raise to do that? Yeah, so it was October 2020. And so if everyone knows the backdrop of 2020, the last thing people started stopped wearing were dress shirts. Right. Uh, like we just talked about a little bit earlier, but we said, Hey, let's either die really fast. <laughs> uh, let's either it. die really fast and give ourselves a, sh well, you know what? We didn't want to die fast, but <laughs> let, let's. But the reality is, to, is that you could have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like we, we don't want to peter out. And so let's like give ourselves a real shot, swing for the fences. Right. And if we die, it's going to happen fast. Right, right, right. And so we said, we're going to invest really, really heavy into video marketing, showing people pouring Love stuff it. on themselves, showing the stretch, you know, tug of war right. with a shirt and hoping that we, when people do come out of COVID wearing dress shirts again and buying dress shirts again, we'll be top of mind because no other dress shirt company was dumb enough to advertise. <laughs> <at that time. laughs> And right. So we took that bet in October 2020. We took uh, 300,000 from two angels. Um, awesome. Who knew, who knew clothing and consumer much better than we did. Right. And so much more than the cash, we wanted just two people who were like, hey, this is who actually what clothing Tell you what to do, right? Yeah.
I love it. Dude, that is such a fun story. Um, now, the growth sounds fun. And, and, and I know that there's so much backstory there. Uh, having, having built and grown businesses, everyone listening knows there's a lot of crap that can happen as you start to develop that kind of a, a product-based business. Like product-based businesses are hard. Uh, digital stuff is so much easier because you don't have to wait on on shipping from China and, and getting a container load, getting held up in customs and stupid stuff like that. Tell us about the biggest problems you've had to face in, in the growth of this business. Yeah, you've said it. I mean, there are those, I don't know what we want to call them. It's like the, oh man, just right. <laughs> another another one of these moments. They happen all, there's more of those, it seems like, than the, oh yeah, moments. Right. Uh, a couple that come right off the top of my head early on. So I was telling you how we did our PO you know, purchasing back then, right. 2000 units at a time. So all of our cash and all of my personal cash goes into 2000 units. They come and they're, you know, they're cream, like they're yellow. Oh, they're stop. Not, not, not too far off of the shade from Dwight Schrute's shirts. Oh my gosh. You're <laughs> uh, kidding. And, and I tell the factory and show pictures and I'm like, Hey, this is not a, and we exclusively right, sold right. white shirts at the time. And I tell the factory, Hey, this isn't white. And, they are in China and they say, no, we can assure you in America, cream shirts are oh, very shut up. right now. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's like, I know that we want white and we didn't have any payment terms at the time. So we already <laughs> paid for them. So there wasn't anything we could do. And so we think to ourselves, we can't, we cannot sell this as a white shirt. It's objectively not white. And so we went on our website and said, Hey, We'll call these things prototypes and advertise everywhere and make it very clear. Not right. like pull the you know the hood over anyone's eyes, but but say these shirts are off white. They are yellow, but we'll our MSRP for shirts uh -huh. was forty five when we started, and we said we'll sell these things for twenty five. You know, cost of right. goods is thirteen bucks, right. fourteen bucks. Hopefully, we just right know, just get rid of these. And you know what? That was and we sent out an email to customers and. That was the only thing we had on the site. That is probably the fastest inventory turn we've ever That is had. hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, where I guess we found out customers were price elastic, right. wanted a good deal. And even to this day, five years later, we get customers sometimes email in saying, hey, are you coming back out with those prototype <laughs> shirts? It's like, no, we, we hope to awesome. sell That's prototype awesome. shirts. You know, it, it's funny you say that. I, I was at lunch with somebody the other day who who came up with a uh, like a gym short type product, and um, and he said, "Yeah, we we were just my wife hated all the all the stretchy pants, you know. From do I buy Lulu? Do I buy this? Do I buy the whatever?" And so he's like, "We went in and and just bought an order from. We told him this is what we like, this is what we don't like, same kind of thing. But every time they got an order, and they never knew what they were going to get." Cause they had like different quantities, different sizes. Yeah. And so they literally just said every Wednesday, we've got to drop and whatever they had, they'd sell. And he's like, it's been four years later. They're still doing the same drop sequence every week. They don't really know exactly what's going to be in the container. Isn't that crazy? Uh, that's awesome. Oh, we, we, yeah, we've had the same thing where it's like, we've had containers. Our first ever, you're wearing a pattern shirt our first ever pattern shirt container came and the sleeves are about three times as big. I mean, kind of like balloon. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, we, we've now hired a great 
COO who runs supply right. chain much better than I did. But it was one of those things where you just fingers crossed and pray. It's like, we've already approved this thing like eight times, but I don't know I what's on that container. Uh, so definitely had those. We've had moments where our container was off the you know port of LA. Oh, during that big, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so we've, we've had uh, lots and lots of those moments. Wow. Wow. Well, listen, this has been so fun. I, I honestly love what you've been doing. Now, in terms of these challenges and, and to other people out there building a consumer, a product-based business, what kind of advice do you give? Like, what are the big things to look out for? If you were to start over, what would be the thing that you would tell yourself, okay, next time, don't do that? Oh, I have so many of those. I have a full long list that I'll message you over do's and don'ts where we could fast forward Love it. three years of business. It's a, it's a book to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one will read it, but there's some good stuff in there. In terms of do's, I'll be very fast. If you're starting a consumer-based business, I know that much better right. than tech. I'm not smart enough to know tech. Uh, right. I already said, you can source and manufacture things on Alibaba.com. You can get, for less than 300 bucks, you can get a great prototype. I would 100% wow. launch on Shopify. I'm not paid to say that, but I think Shopify is the great equalizer. I mean, it has paid processing. Awesome. You can have a professional looking website for $19.99 a month. Um, Love it. So Love it. Th those are for sure dues. The other do is just like take a swing at it, set aside two, three grand at the very, very worst, sell them at cost to your friend. Right. Like you're, you're, you find out who your true friends are, where they're willing to spend 30 bucks on your shorts that right. you just came out with. So yeah, the main thing would be for dues, just like the client. Hey, I'll just say it, just do it. Uh, you'll, right. You will not regret having done it. In terms of things not to do, um, th things not to do, don't don't move too quickly into other products and SKUs. Interesting. What I mean by that, I mean, I think it's kind of obvious, but I think you need to be best in class at something or have like a real right. winner. And I think I do feel like we accomplished that with the shirt and it took a lot of iteration uh, yeah. And, and the shirt you're wearing today took probably six points of variation or iteration from the one we launched. Is on that right? Kickstarter. Yeah. I mean, now having recycled materials, a little bit of fit change, uh, right. Where we rushed into our second product category. You're talking about stretchy pants. Uh, right. We, we, we launched a pant and it was fine. Uh, like I think it was, if I had to rent, grade it, it's a B minus. It's a yeah, B minus. Good, good, but not the best. Good, good but not the best. Right. I think we lost a little bit of that where it's like, hey, we have so much brand equity. We can just sell whatever we want and people will like it. Where it's like, hey, that thing right. has to stand on its own. And I, I feel like we've gotten back to that. But uh, right. yeah, don't, don't push losers is probably the, the, the way. Interesting. Is the way I'd, I'd reword that. So I think that's great advice for anybody's vertical, anybody's yeah. vertical that, you know, oftentimes, uh, Ben, a lot of founders will get in their head. This is going to be my favorite product. And the reality is the market is telling you, we don't care. Yep. You know, th that is not what we want. So how do you listen to that? What, what do you do to get over kind of your own impotence of thinking this is going to be a winner 
and then it just isn't. Yeah. So we did three years of me listening, of us listening to mine and Jordan's instincts. <laughs> uh, I entered right? the product and it's like, hey, that's so dumb. We, we have enough, uh, enough customers now to reach statistical significance with just a survey. Uh, and so, right. <laughs> and, or not even a survey, just follow. It was Jeremy Andrus, the, you know, the uh-huh. CEO of then Skull Candy, now Traeger Grills. He gave me some yep. of the best advice I'd ever received, which was don't let people vote with their words, let them vote with their dollars, which Love was it. saying, you know, I can send out a survey and say, hey, Todd, what do you think of conceptually if I come out with a blue shirt with flowers on it? Let's just say. Right, right. And you can say, yeah, I love that. But that's worthless until you willingly hand over your credit card for $48 and and pay for it. And so his advice there was just come out with smaller uh, quantities. Yeah. Test, say, hey, we'll pay, you know, we'll pay an extra four bucks a unit to come out with 250 or 500 units instead of the usual 2,000 units. Right. And if if sell through and customer reviews tell us it's good, then it's good. Uh, Love it. Yeah. Genuinely as buzzwordy as it sounds, just listen to customers with surveys and talking to them more. And second, just look at the the data, look at sell through. You've got pretty clear winners and losers that customers are putting on. Hey, fascinating. I love the journey. Love the story. I don't want to let you leave until you've given us a shout out. Who's, who's kind of inspired you? Who's the mentor who's kind of said, you know what, dude? Let's get you there. I, I mentioned one. I mean, Jeremy Andrus is awesome. Those two angel investors, Total David, stud. David Kornberg, Michael Silverstein are their two names. Both really, really cool. awesome. Cool. But, but the one you said, I think the way that I heard you say it first, I'm going to give a shout out to my brother. He's also an entrepreneur. He's done it. Love he, it. It's it's a serial thing. He, he's like, he's the one that told me, set aside your 20 grand, just set it aside, do this thing. Right. And so I would not be here today. He's a, an unofficial board member where Love it. it's a cash flow prop because he runs it too. And it's like, hey, I don't have enough cash for payroll, let's say. And I can't, <laughs> I can't really open that up to anyone else. Uh, no, no, you can't really tell your employees that. No, you, yeah, you can't. And it's like, I can't really tell my right. wife that either. And maybe that's an indictment on me, but it's like, no, no, no. You're not the only one that doesn't tell your wife that stuff. Yeah. Where the, the funny thing is, it's like <clears> the <throat> business is humming along. We're making more money than we've ever made. But I found that profits right. don't still equal cash. <laughs> uh, and it's like, hey, the one guy I can call and he can genuinely relate where it's like, oh, this employee is giving me such a hard time or that totally X, Y, Z. So yeah, Derek Perkins. Uh, uh, Love I've it. Gotta, I've got to give him a shout out. He's a hero of mine. Love it. Ah, love the shout outs. Those are great shout outs. I know some of them and um, great people. So, so Ben, moving forward, dude, what do you expect in the next two years? That, that's the question. It's this existential question all the time. <clears throat> the, the goalpost is always shifting, apparently. <laughs> where, right, where it Jordan always does. I, when we started, we said, hey, if someone writes a, a check for $7 million, we said, I remember the day. For seven million dollars for this business, we take it and we run. We we don't right no questions. And it's like, oh, well, we hope to do twice that revenue this year. Uh, but, <laughs> right. And, and, and so it's always changing. I think we're trying to stay dialed in. Yeah. 
if I had to give a very transparent number, it's like, hey, we really want to hit that $30 million revenue threshold in the next two years. Right, uh, right. And then, and then we see. Well, at the, at the growth you're doing, I think you can get there. We, we think so too. We think we've gotten a better team now and we're in a much better place uh, to do that. But we want to do that. But honestly, I hate dress shirts. That's why we started the whole business. So I don't wake up every morning. Right. I love dress shirts. And so when we right. transact, uh, get one under the belt and then take the learnings from this book or, you know, from my future book and then from the growth and scaling podcast uh, and, and say, let's do it again. Yeah. I want to fall in your footsteps. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. <clears throat> Thanks for the plug. And we cannot wait to push this product for those listening. If you hate dress shirts, you've got to go check out andcollar.com. <clears throat> excuse me andcollar.com and and buy a few shirts man just check it out it is the coolest place and your white shirts will never stay whiter like honestly it's the best so thanks so much for being here again ben we appreciate all you're doing hey thanks a ton todd really appreciate it hey what did you think of that interview i love ben i love the company and collar and if you haven't done so already you need to go on to their website check it out it's and collar c-o-l-l-a-r Dot com, and you're going to love what you find. I have literally <laughs> like 15 plus shirts in the last year, and I love the way they fit. I love the way they wear. More importantly, I love the way that he's grown. Almost entirely bootstrapped. Just one, a couple of small investors near the beginning to help them cap After that, this company has been nothing but profitability. I love how it's happened. I love the pace they're going. But you know what I love more is I love the true story of how they have gone in and leaned on some peers, leaned on some mentors to help them get through some of the big challenges that come in product, uh, product-based businesses. So if you're in one of these positions and you don't know who to lean on, let me just tell you, go to captainscouncil.com. If you check out captainscouncil.com, you're going to find a whole area full of CEOs who run all sorts of different types of businesses. And all of them are there with the express purpose of growing and scaling their business and wondering how do they fill a, a peer advisory board full of people they love and care about who care about their business. And this is how you do it. We put together at the Captain's Council other members like you who are part of our community, who love the podcast, love the show, and are looking for that shoulder to lean on. Well, you get 10 to 12 shoulders to lean on in our community that are intimately familiar with you, your business, and how you make things happen. So check it out at captainscouncil.com. You're going to love the support you get. You're going to love getting the answers you've been looking for. And let's face it, nobody can tell you how to run your business better than your peers. And when you have peers who are currently actively running businesses right now, it helps so much to have their advice on what to do next in your business. So thanks for being here. Thanks for taking the first step of being a part of our podcast community. We love having you here. It will always be free. Check out the Growth and Scaling podcast next episode right after this one. We'll see you then.